Maybe people don't want those songs running through their heads all day long. Oh, they'll go away. Eventually. Then you should think about giving them some kind of warning. Like, uh, hey, be sure and listen to this podcast with your fingers in your ears. You mean something like that? What? You do know shoving your fingers in your ears is dangerous, don't you? From Hollywood, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas, your purveyor of little-known stories about well-known stuff. And in episode 49, let's flash back to those early days when you sang the letters of the alphabet. No, I'm not talking about A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's, that's too far back. I'm talking about the letters of the alphabet that identify you as with it. 93 Like pomp and circumstance, and it's a small world after all, the radio station jingles you grew up with are still stuck inside your head. And they probably will be forever. Chalk one up for the late Dallas musician Bill Meeks. Milks didn't mean to tie up your brain cells with jingles, even though that's how it worked out. He was in it to make money. Although, that didn't work out as planned either. In the 1950s, Meeks began selling jingles to radio stations. He didn't come up with the jingle idea. Ken Deutsch, a jingle historian and former jingle producer, told me that in the golden age of radio, shows and and even radio stations had their own orchestras. Often, these orchestras would play little jingles for the sponsors. Once in a while, those orchestras would play a little jingle for the station itself. And not for entertainment. In order to count in the ratings, listeners in the 30s and 40s had to positively identify the stations they listened to. And that meant recalling call letters, slogans, or names of programs. Jingles worked to etch those into listeners' minds. That didn't go unnoticed by Meeks. He was working at KLIF in Dallas, a station that set its call letters to music as early as 1947. It took nearly a decade, but Meeks, who now owned a production and marketing company called PAMS, had a brainstorm. Why not record the music for a jingle once and sing it with different call letters for different stations, spreading the most expensive part of the jingle, that's the music, across dozens of clients? Suddenly, jingles became affordable for just about any radio station. And with that, the modern jingle business was born. And one might say just in the nick of time. Top 40 was blaring forth from radios across America. Two, three, and in larger cities, four stations, all sounding roughly the same. Well, owners needed jingles to make their stations memorable. Because, as in the 30s and 40s, memorable meant higher rating. Jonathan Wolfert, founder and owner of Jam Creative Productions, explained the jingle business this way. It's selling letters of the alphabet. And for over a decade, those letters made money hand over fist for Meeks. Money he spent hand over fist over fist over fist. Eventually, Meeks found the IRS at his door. And you didn't need a group of jingle singers to figure out how that tune went. Wolford, who had worked for Pam's, discovered that Meeks never formally closed down the company. After a few years of legal wrangling, Wolford acquired the rights to Pam's and all its classic jingles. Today, Jam, which is the country's largest jingle company, still uses original Pam's tracks. You'll find them on oldie stations and Sirius XM satellite radio. But even if you never hear your favorite jingle on the radio again, those brain cells of yours won't let it go. It seems no matter what your religion, economic status, ethnicity, or gender, jingles spread through the population as rapidly as viruses. 
and are equally as hard to get rid of. When it comes to letters set to music, it's still a small world after all. And that's the story I call Always On Your Mind. My thanks to John Wolford and Ken Deutsch for sharing their adventures in the jingle business, and thanks too to Alan Sniffen of Rewound Radio and MusicRadio77.com for his help. Also thanks to my wife for listening to the entire program with her fingers out of her ears. If, like my wife, you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. Just visit iTunes or Google Music on your smartphone, search podcasts for Out of My Mind, and subscribe. And get your friends to subscribe, too. Preferably before next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern, when I'll have another little-known story about well-known stuff for you. We'll chat then. I'm Jay Douglas. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a copyrighted feature of the Theater of Your Mind Incorporated, Hollywood, California.